note on the back side of your bulletin there, or or I guess it's on the inside of your bulletin, that would you turn to Mark chapter 6, we're going to continue on in our study, we're kind of taking a story by story in Mark's gospel for a while, and so we're going to look at Mark chapter 6, 45 through 56. Last week we looked at the great shepherd uh, bringing his sheep beside still waters, or actually beside green pastures, and having them sit there, and he gives the disciples um, food as he multiplies it, and he feeds them, and they are in awe and astonishment. And Jesus is Jesus has a following, it's a pretty big following, right? And, and so now we come to this point where, well, let me read it, and then I want you to help me by making an observation. Now, immediately, he, that's Jesus, made his disciples get into a boat and go before him to the other side, to Bethsaida, while he dismissed the crowd. And after he had taken leave of them, he went up on the mountain to pray. When evening came, the boat was out on the sea, and he was alone on the land, and he saw that they were making headway painfully, for the wind was against them. And at the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. He meant to pass by them, but when they saw him walking on the sea, they thought it was a ghost, and they cried out, for they all saw him and were terrified. But immediately he spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. He got into the boat with them, and the wind ceased, and they were utterly astounded. For they did not understand about the rest that they heard him speaking. And when they crossed over, they came to the land of Gennesaret and more and more to the shore. And when they got out, out of the boat, the people immediately recognized him. And they ran about the whole region and began to bring the sick people on their beds to when, wherever they heard he was. And when, wherever he came in villages, cities, or countryside, they laid the sick in the marketplaces and implored him that they might touch even the fringe of his garment. And as many as touched it were healed at once. This is the word of the Lord. So, what, what stands out to you? Let's start out by making observations. Rick, what things stood out to you in this? Okay, what is that all about, right? So what, where's that reversed from? He, oh yeah, the end of 48. So he meant to pass by them. What in the world is that all about? So we'll get, we'll try to get to that. What else? So I'm not going to read through all of them right now, but what's the natural human emotion? recognized him when he was out on the sea at first. I wonder if they recognized him. They recognized him, I think, when he got in the boat. It's the crowd that recognized him that stopped. So, yeah. What else?
move on to what watch of the day? The fourth watch would is between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m. Which many think it was possible for six because they could actually see something. So it might have been closer to the later time of that watch. Who's got that straight? Okay. Who's in front? Israel had a hardness of heart that kept them from actually trusting 
that's where Isaiah says, you know, it says, Isaiah, you're going to go and you're going to prophesy to a people and they're going to, that can't hear and they, they're going to hear you, but they won't hear because their hearts have hardened themselves. And even the, the disciples yet still haven't opened themselves up completely to who Jesus truly is. I think they're still having a hard time of coming to grasp. That's coming to grasp with who he is. Um, and in fact, we're going to see a progression of this happening. That's why I think later on we're going to see how God sometimes works in our lives in progression. It's like, you remember the story, we're going to get to this, where that, remember the story, the strange miracle of Jesus healing partially and then healing completely? He like wipes the, the blind man's eyes and then it says that he could see that it was like he saw people were like trees. And it's like, Jesus didn't have to do that. I mean, whenever did Jesus have to take two steps to make a, something happen, a miracle? Like, yeah, oh, I, this is so hard, I have to do it in two stages. No, it's because he was wanting to teach them. And so I think their blindness is still there. In this case, they should have, they should be learning that um, God is all-powerful, He's the master, this should be the lesson of the day, and they didn't. But how many times have we seen God want to do things completely, and then not fully recognize in our obedience? In fact, every time we're anxious about something, yet we see God deliver us in the past, we're kind of thrown in the way with get corrected in part within the proper setting. Notice this beginning statement. Jesus, immediately he made his disciples, verse 45, he made his disciples go into the boat and go up before him to the other side to Bethsaida while he dismissed the crowd. And after he had taken leave of them, he went up on the mountain to pray. Jesus gave clear instruction and led the twelve disciples to share a task with him and he was help. And he knew the results of their journey. You know that enough about Jesus, I don't think you could say, he's knowing what's going on. He could see them from a distance. Instead of a quick evening talk, they were in for that big gathering that wasn't effective. He moved and let them go across the trouble land. Can we do that in our lives? Maybe not with that. We, I don't want to stretch that metaphor. He never leaves us with the closeness. But doesn't Jesus let us suffer? Doesn't he put it? He did this to the disciples. He knew full well they're going to cross the sea, and the sea was not going to be easy to cross. And he told them to go. You might say, Jesus led us on this journey? He told us to go. We should, we should expect that it's going to be easy sailing, because he's the master of the winds and seas. And yet, built that in there. Um, he allowed and ordained struggles and trials into our lives, and he's teaching these men something very important that I think we can jump back to. The Bible makes clear that God does lead us into trouble and trials. He leads us, we call them our crosses to go through. He, he, there are trials and difficulties, afflictions, 
disciples had recently cast out demons for the people, from the people and healed the sick, but they were unable to cast them out. You know what I'm saying? They, they, we can cast out demons. We can, we can do all these things and miracles. We can cross the seas ourselves too. We're fishermen. And Jesus has come to them to teach and learn. And Jesus was done. And he was going to open their eyes and bring them to a higher place of faith. See, I was waiting for the perfect opportunity. And I made it with my perfect plan. Third thing I see here is that hardened hearts often begin to fail when they're not confronted with the grace of Jesus. Just like the disciples, we can be just like that. We're in the midst of our struggles. Jesus comes. He meets us. It might be through a friend. It might be through certain circumstances. But we often repeatedly fail to see his presence and glory because he saw, he saw that they were going to make peace. They were making peace with him there. So at the fourth watch of the night, he came walking on the sea. He meant to pass by them. John brought this up. But when they saw him walking on the sea, they thought he was a ghost and cried out. So they all saw him and were terrified. Immediately he spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. And got into the boat and went to Jesus. Then I think they knew who he was. So what Jesus does here, what does he mean that he meant to pass by them? Anybody have a I think 
and, and reading and reading other interpretations of this passage, it's very possible that you got to remember this is Mark writing, and this is they know the Old Testament, at least some of them do, and they you know they, you can't separate the Old and the New Testament together. There's there's a they're combining. Jesus is is God come in the flesh. Here's what I wrote in my notes. It makes me cringe um, to read these words to Matthew. Pass by me. These words would have to at least sound weird. Jesus intends to pass by them. This most likely is a reference to something God did on a few occasions in the Old Testament. In Exodus 33 and 34, Moses gets a glimpse of God's glory and passes by the mountain. Remember that? Lord said, let me see your glory. He says, I, you can't see my glory, but I'll pass by and you, you'll, you'll get a glimpse. And the same goes for Elijah in 1 Kings 19. Job also refers to God passing by in his dream. And, and there's, it's, it's as though it's, this is God come in the flesh. I mean, and I think, I think that the reader, as they read this, says, I mean, we're, they're, you got to remember, this is written to the early church. Having known the Old Testament, a lot of them Jews, some Gentiles, they're reading this and they're seeing this is the Jewish Messiah. This is the Son of God who has come in the flesh. And he is, he's revealing himself to us. He is showing us his glory. I mean, we're going to, how could we but see the glory of the man who people are touching his garments and they're being healed and fruit multiplying. He's the Moses that brings what? He's the greater Moses that gives food in the wilderness. You know, he, he's the one that passes by them now. And they, now they're utter, utterly afraid and they can't handle it. And he stops and he comes into the boat and they find him asleep. Jesus passes by and the disciples' hearts do not leave with faith and joy and hope. They were terror and trembling. And that's, therefore, we see the revealing of the heart and heart of God. Instead of hope and faith and joy,
Lord in vain. Jesus does not take off once they respond with a call to error. Instead, he comes and he reveals his unending conquering storm. Then he goes with them to the shore to pray for the night. Jesus is merciful. He knows the risk. How thankful are we that we can dwell in God's redeeming grace. He delivers us. And then then he tests our faith again. And we still doubt. And then we come to our senses and we ask for forgiveness. We have mercy on the God who's merciful. That's the way he is. Um, This passage would make us just happy to be living Reading. I want to I want to tie this together. Maybe as a, an appeal to us all to we should all be thinking about this Jesus that we would share with one another. Do you share the goodness of this Jesus with someone that you have met? Do you do you commit to study to know what Jesus says? Do you share it with your family? Do you share it with a neighbor, a coworker? I heard this today that sharing the gospel can be thought of in three words. Three words. Identity, mission, and cost. If I want to share the good news of Jesus Christ with my neighbor next door, if I share his name, now I need to know a lot about these people. If I share him with him, in fact, we're going to be actually talking about that in the coming weeks as we share these keys. We need to
and we won't do it again. We want others to know him. We pray for it. All the names that were on this on this list tonight for prayer, I pray for all the waitresses at Leo, Leo and every other restaurant uh, around here. I pray that you would be with the neighbors of everyone. God, some of us do, we don't way. I, I go from back and forth on this. That this strong zeal for unbelievers, souls, and then this will to buy our neighbor. Help us to pray so much that Jesus Christ would be known in the world by people that don't know and don't know him. I pray that you would help us not go and do what it is that you're about shown us through Jesus Christ and through the prayer of every one of us. May you call us in your presence that you love us and you want to use us. And we're going to graciously show you sacrifice. And we're going to have grace in spite of that. Struggling greater in you. You're the Father. Help us, we pray. Help us to go and in Jesus' name. I, I, would, I would encourage, here's my last prayer, guys. If you would take this, take each week, Take this um, this bulletin that you have, put it in your Bible, and for the rest of the week, until we meet again, would you use this as a prayer guide for your church? Be tempted to post it there. Post it. Don't, don't just pray it five minutes ago. Post it up. You also have the text for this Sunday. Just read that, and would you pray for that coming up? And encourage others to come on that as well. Let's have a good night.